Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. Grateful to have you here and excited to introduce my guest for this week's show, Tisha Marie Pelletier. Let me give you a quick background to her. She is best known as the authentic girl with a touch of badass by her peers. She is the chief experience officer of Tisha Marie Enterprises, inspiring entrepreneurs to get out of their own headspace and make their vision happen through business mentoring, professional speaking, personal brand building, her online course, the Startup Entrepreneur Academy, a startup business grant, and her live events. She's also the host of the Success Over Struggle podcast and an author. Her latest book, What Are the Odds? A Mom Shares Her Good, Bad, and What the F Moments can be found on Amazon and Audible. Head over to her website, tishamarie.com, that's T-I-S-H-A-M-A-R-I-E.com to learn more about her and catch up on her weekly rule of life lessons on her blog and to schedule a virtual latte if you'd like. Um, Had a really enjoyable time talking through her unique journey. I think there'll be a lot of great takeaways, especially talking a little bit more about kind of the fear of that, you know, success, the, um, you know, the imposter syndrome comes up a lot in this podcast. So we get into that a lot more and hope you guys really enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Tisha Marie Pelletier. Let's get it started. Tisha, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. Um, I, I thought we'd start here. We're going to just dive right into the deep end. Let's just let's just get into it. All right, let's just dive. Yeah. Let's so, go. what I was really intrigued about was if you can take us back. Um, one of the one of the key points I noticed when I was kind of researching some of this stuff is there was some sort of breaking point. Maybe you can call it that, or change point. You went to college. You did the normal route. You went to college, broadcast journalism went out into some client services roles for a couple of years and then left and said, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> I want to start there. Can you take us back? And, and really the, the question I want to start off with is, is what changed? Why did you make that leap? Because that is rare for most people uh, yes. to do only a couple of years out of college. Yes. Well, and here's the funny thing is I really didn't plan on taking an entrepreneurial leap till I was in my mid thirties. And here I am newly married, I'm 24. And I think I just hit that point in my life where I knew that there wasn't going to be any advancement where I was at. Um, women, we have, you know, men too, but we have this intuition, we have this gut instinct that things are just not, they're just, you know, they're not doing so well in the company that you're in. And I found that like the open door policy that we always hear these companies say really did not exist. (laughs) There wasn't any open door policy. And it happened a lot sooner for me because I actually was given another position with one of our vendors at the point at that time I was uh, hired on or we were in, in the talks of me joining his company and managing. So I was going to be doing more marketing managing type of work. And so here's the twist in the story, Brian, like I had given my notice, I was researching, this company told me, we don't mind you having your own company. It's not a conflict of interest. This is good. You can work with us and you can also build your own business on the side. So that was perfect. Loved that idea. Like I get paid, I get to do this work and I also get to build a business. Awesome. And I had already quit my day job. And when I went in back, when I went back in to talk to this vendor, I will never forget this. I will never forget this for as long as I live. 
he he puts on his shades, he puts on his sunglasses and he's like, Tisha, I can't go through with this, but the future is really bright for you. And I wish you the best of luck. It's <laughs> interesting. And I'm like, what happened? What happened? Like, did my old boss get to you? Cause they were, they were friends, you know, of course they were one of our vendors and it just, it, it brought me to this point of, I could go back and I could do this all over again, or I could take a leap of faith and do this. And trust me when I say I went in just blindfolders on, didn't know what to expect, had no clue what to do, was starting to do a little bit of work on building a business, but I hadn't really solidified the ideas and, and whatnot. But him saying that to me was just like, you know, a punch in the stomach, <laughs> first of all. And then, a, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? And I remember I went to San Antonio that weekend with my husband and I was just like crying, just crying on the plane, like crying. Cause I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then it was day one. So this was like September, 2004. So I'm almost like coming up on my anniversary of starting this entrepreneurial journey of, okay, bad news, bad news, bad news. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's just go with it. What was, was it helpful, I guess, that, you know, with your husband, was there some support there at least of like, hey, Tisha, go ahead and do this. We're going to make it work kind of thing. Because I'm wondering, you know, it's if you were on your own, would you have made the, the same decision, right? I often go back and, and just think about that. And I don't know, honestly, I can, I can just be very honest that I don't think I would have made that choice at that point in my life because I had just gotten married you know, and if I were single, let's say I knew I would want that stability. I don't think I would have jumped ship. I think I would have taken the safer route of I'm going to go back and get a job and figure this out. And perhaps in the future, if that works, like I, I consider myself a risk taker, a risk taker, but at that time I'm like, okay, maybe not <laughs> if that was, but my husband works for the city of Mesa. He started there when he was 17 and to me, that was like my, okay, you're going to catch me, right? Because this is going to take me some time. It's going to take me some time to do this. And, you know, thankfully he has been there through it all and has allowed me to take so many different risks and so many pivots as I figure this out. So, yes. Were there any other um, people, whether they're mentors or friends of yours that were supportive during that time um, that you remember kind of to help you in those first stages of getting started? Absolutely. We have an organization here, much like many other cities, we have the Arizona Small Business Association. And I immediately went there because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what a 30 second commercial is. I don't know what this plan is. And, and luckily, they provide you mentors, much like SCORE or the Small Business Development Center. And I highly recommend that people have a mentor because if you can surround yourself with people who are miles ahead of you, you have that resource and you should absolutely be using it. So I jumped in, that's how I learned, okay, here's how I have the plan. Here's what I do to file my LLC. Here's what I do, you know, how I set up a sales plan, like all of these things. And it was a tremendous help. It's far better than just Googling everything. For well, sure. Back then, like Google was still very young. <laughs> like I think Facebook started in 04. So like social right, media right. wasn't around. Like you didn't really... <laughs> So was it leaning then, as you mentioned, on some of the resources there locally, that, that was the only way you really knew to get anything started, right? Right. It was that and a ton of networking. So I am a big proponent of networking still works, you know, if you find the right types of networking groups, because it's there, you do find people 
who can support what you're doing and help you. So when I started my company, I was running a marketing company. So my first business was Simply Put Marketing. And I was still doing the same things I was doing, project management, working with clients on their projects. But I wanted to work really with the local businesses, the smaller businesses that couldn't afford like ad agency rates. And in networking, I started collaborating with several other people who were also looking to do that. So in a way, it was like we created our own little agency, you know, where I was doing a lot of public relations and communications and, you know, design work. And then we had, you know, other, other people within that are collab team that were handling some other projects like sales development and so forth. So it was really, it was a really great way to just come in with that team mentality and still be self-employed, you know, working together. What's been, so let's look if, if we span now yeah. and back then, what's been the hardest part of the journey getting to this spot today? The hardest part I think for me has, has um, still lies in a lot of the self-doubt Honestly, I think there's, there's, there's still some self-doubt in there. Um, I think because I have pivoted so much in my journey, honestly, Brian, like I mentioned, I had a marketing company, I ran an event management company. And at the same time, while having kids, I was running a mom entrepreneurs group as well. And the hardest part for me was, and I talk about this very openly, is we've all heard of like the imposter syndrome, right? Where I am leading a whole lot of other women. I am like the face of these companies. And I was like, okay, I'm just not feeling it today. So maybe not take, take your eyes off of me and look somewhere else. Like that was kind of what was going through my mind a lot of times. And I'm finding that, you know, when you're in business and if your heart and your head really aren't into it, it's really a big sign that you need to shift gears and you need to figure that out. And so in a way, I feel like I've still been trying to figure a lot of this out, especially now in the current circumstance, it's figuring it out. What's that next move? Like what's going to keep leveling me up? So you think that's going, you're saying with your gut feeling, like you've kind of at least followed that intuition and that's why you've pivoted a lot. I have, I do. Um, I think that we start a journey, for instance, I used to love event planning. I loved it. And I started a company doing that, but the more and more we started working with clients and the more I was sacrificing my family for this company and just always being gone all the time, it really just touched a nerve in me of, is this really what I'm going to be doing? And do I actually enjoy this work? I think when we get to a point of this doesn't feel like work anymore, or does it just feels like work all the time? It doesn't feel like something I really enjoy. Then that's a really telltale sign of perhaps there's something else in there. So what I'm working on right now, you know, what I was working on prior to COVID was more and more companies were coming to me saying, you've really done well with creating different unique events. Can you help me do that? And I'm like, heck yeah, I'll consult you all day long as long as I don't have to like fluff your flowers and (laughs) get the catering out. Yeah, so I think you find what you really love to do in all of those opportunities that you have. And that's, that's what helps you decide if this is the right time to pivot and change course of direction. Yeah. One of the ways I've kind of labeled it, I've called it the trifecta of happiness, you know, doing Mm -hmm. what you love, what you can be great at and where you want to make the greatest impact in the world. So to that point, if you feel you're not making a great impact, like that's one of those three check boxes, like, yeah, maybe I should be doing something different. And it Mm -hmm. helps propel you in a different direction, which now 
you know, there's a little pivot there, which is good. It's, it's something you're obviously happier with in, in that particular endeavor. So mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something that one of the things that, and I know it, I want to go back if I can to the self-doubt, because, you know, one of the things, there are probably some similarities we can uh, mix in, but like, I remember when I, you know, I used to teach golf for a living. That was my, mm-hmm. if, if you asked me 15 years ago, I was going to be one of the top golf instructors in the world. Like that was my thing, um, teaching golf. And getting out of that world was very challenging because I was known as the golf guy. Like that was it. Mm-hmm. My friends, family, they knew me as, as the golf guy. So and even to this day, like people ask me for lessons or I'll give, you know, friends some tips and stuff. But was that challenging, like trying to pivot and change when, when other friends or people, the optics of what that looked like, did that hurt the self-doubt or that make it worse? just like questioning yourself because you're like, well, you know, other people maybe don't think this is the right decision. Did you ever get into that uh, frame of mind? Or? I, I think that really the, the pivotal point in my, in my journey, and I've shared this quite openly too, and it's honestly what I'm doing now is you remember I was saying that I had a lot of this imposter syndrome mm-hmm. of, wow, you feel like I'm here or you've put me on this pedestal and I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't want to be on your pedestal. Take me down from the pedestal. And what really helped me is just coming clean and really learning that the best way to live is authentically. The best way to live is authentically and just being you. And so on my birthday a few years ago, I had just come off the worst year, Brian, and we can go into that, but worst year ever, just so many things just happening. And, you know, I'm like, am I able, am I able to come back from this? And the one thing that I did that I feel like just put me on the trajectory that I'm on now is getting on a Facebook live and just dispelling the myth that things were perfect. You know, if, if you looked at me years ago and you were thinking this, let me tell you it wasn't, and this is what's happened. And this is where I take control of my life again. And this is where I start to build this, this way, the right way being exactly who I am. No apologies. And I think I learned in that moment that I didn't need to apologize for who I am. Like I can just, be me and do it at my pace and keep going with it. And it just, it really solidified like who I am as a person, it, my personal brand, all of that. And that's honestly like what's helped me now. So it's, it's been a, it's definitely been a journey, a self-discovery. And I think that all entrepreneurs will find that. Well, so there's, there's two questions I have there. I'm going to put a pin in one of them for a second. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to go back. So why, why would you label I think you said last year as your worst year. Why, why did you put that label on it? Last year? Oh, what so 2000, the... 2017. Oh, 2017. Like... Excuse me. Okay. 2017. <laughs> why did you label that was your worst year? So 2000, so I'll just go back in my story a little bit. 2016, I really made that decision that I just didn't want to have the marketing company, the event management company, the mall. Like I, I just, I was like, okay, I'm starting over. I'm starting over. And so here I am in a very brand new business again. And I was given the advice from a business coach that Tisha, because you keep pivoting and trying to figure out what's your next move, perhaps you should really launch a personal brand. Mm. And she, she suggested like, come out with Tisha Marie Enterprises. That's the company. And I don't know, honestly, Brian, I was like, no, I don't want to do this. I had so many reservations because I had always hid behind the entity even though it was me, I was always like, nope, details event management, that's my company. And now she's totally pushing me out of my comfort zone and saying, no, Tisha Marie Enterprises is the company and you were the base of that. So I had my reservations for several months doing that. 
And then in 2017, as I'm building my business and I'm like starting from zero, I got hit with fraud. So I was actually um, a victim of fraud. So if you've ever seen um, Ozark, I was like the money laundering. I was like um, Marty. Okay. <laughs> kind of a long story there, um, but was ended up actually found guilty. So I was the victim, but I was the one found guilty. And so I actually had to pay money back. It was just, it was like a big scam. People are really good at scamming on like event companies and so forth. And I still had my event company at the time, but it just took this wrong turn. And I ended up having to pay out of pocket several thousand dollars because of this particular scam that I was, hmm. was not privy to. Like I found myself right in the middle of it. Um, the other thing, I just had some personal things like family, friends, divorcing and so forth. And just really like when you go through something like that, where it just kicks you down and you're like, how am I going to get back up from this? How am I going to make it out of this? Do I even want to be an entrepreneur? Because what if this happens to me again? You know, so those were some of the things that were just brewing in 2017. And so in September, I was like, I'm just going to set the record straight. This is clean slate. I feel like my birthday is the perfect time to wipe it all clean and start fresh. And this is it. And so you saw a very different side of me at that point where I'm like, the past is the past. I'm moving forward into the future and let's do this. Would you call it, is that like your breaking point? You're like, just the frustration, just like, screw this. I'm doing it. Yes. I'm just, this is the authentic Tisha that's coming out. Yes. This was, this definitely gave me more clarity and what am I sharing? What am I posting? How am I going to be more of an open book? Like, how am I going to help people? And what I've turned to is a lot of professional speaking. So the stories that I was like, I don't want to talk about this have really become the message that I share. It's that whole turning your mess into your message and building community and making sure that, you know, I'm helping people through those messages and helping them to move forward. Because it's, it's just, it's a horrible place to be when you're just like, I'm stuck. I don't want to get back up. I don't know if I can do this. Like that's where that self-doubt creeps in. So I have to ask, why didn't you quit? Quitting would have been the easy answer. My husband told me to. <laughs> and that was hard to take. He was like, what are you doing? You should just like quit this. And I'm like, ah, I think... I think at that point, so one of the big things that I did as a result is I got asked to speak on a stage at this SOAR conference, which was called Success Over All Resistance. That's what it stood for. And I got up on the stage, Brian, and I wasn't doing any professional speaking. I was still just doing, you know, free, free gigs and so on. And when I got up on that stage and I shared my very just authentic, transparent story, I had people lined up ready to talk to me at the end. And that to me just solidified again that I was like, wow, if I can make an impact because of a personal story where I was the victim and I had to learn how to get back up and embrace that failure and move on, then I think that's where I found my gift. And from there, I really started focusing on the brand, speaking, getting up on stages, being very open with my story. I've also written a couple of books that I've shared with you. And, and that's really what's been happening. And this year was actually named one of Arizona's top 48 greatest storytellers, which was like, what? Like now I get to just keep sharing my stories and people are resonating with them and it's helping them and impacting them. Okay. I like this. I like this. So I'm glad that I didn't give up. I just took a different direction with it. Well, so can you share and maybe some insight of how 
others can take this advice and maybe in their journey, because we've talked about self-doubt a little bit, the imposter syndrome. Well, to put out a personal brand, to get up on stage and speak, to do the Facebook Live, I know you're doing a lot of the LinkedIn Lives, you have to at some point not get rid of the self-doubt, but suppress it enough where you can overcome it. How did you do that? What Were there certain practices that you did? Was there, I don't know, meditation, accountability, you know, the accountability mirror you looked in? What, what was it for you that <laughs> helped you get over that self-doubt that frankly cripples a lot of people? Um, it crippled me for a lot of years um, and, and still does from time to time. So how'd you do it? You know, I, I got into community. I really um, went back to honestly, my church and got into different Bible communities with just some strong women's, a place where I felt that I could just be open and just share and not have any judgment, you know, cause that's, that's the thing with women is we're like, we're always being judged. Right. But here's a place that I feel safe that I can talk about it. And that really started to build my confidence because I do feel at that point when I had all of these ha things happen, my confidence, honestly, Brian was just shot. Like people ask that question. Are you born with confidence? I think you're born with confidence, but I think you can easily lose your confidence too. And I was at that point in my life where I'm like, it's gone. How do I get it? How do I get it back? And so it's, it's, it really is about celebrating the little wins. And I'm very big into that. Every time I talk about it, I'm like, just celebrated another blog that I wrote, or I just got to my hundredth lesson. Like those are things that just keep me on the journey to keep going with what I'm doing. And it's amazing to see like all those little wins of people reaching out and saying, I just read your blog or I just saw your video and they're, you know, sending me these direct messages. Like that's what keeps me going. It's honestly what's okay. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this because I want to help other people get to that point. And I am doing, I'm, I'm kind of a abnormal breed. I love being on LinkedIn lives and going on video. And I know not everybody is like that, but it honestly is day one. And I remember on LinkedIn, I would always post all of these, like, you know, actually I wasn't even posting. I didn't start posting until 2018, but I remember going on and posting this story of it's January 15th and I'm just about ready to give up. I think I'll become a dog walker because it just sounds more fun you know, like I don't have to deal with this because I was super sick. I was always getting like sinus infections right mm. at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, just really, really just not feeling well. And I was like two weeks into the year, I might as well just give up. It's done. And what I learned is when I posted something that was just true to me, this is how I'm feeling. So many more people respected that and were commenting and were like, Oh, Tisha, I have that too. It's the business owner's curse. This is what it is. Like, that's how you find that these are people that they're just like you. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I think that goes back to, you know, and we're seeing that a lot in our world is by sharing just your true self, just, you mm -hmm. know, what, what's going on as, as long as it's not derogatory or right. whatever, but like, you know, sharing your true self and your beliefs and, and listen, it's not going to be a win for everyone, but that's fine. You don't have to, not everyone's going to like you. You could be the greatest person in the world. Not everyone's going to like you. Someone, there's right. going to be some naysayer out there. So that goes, you know, to the personal branding you were talking about. I'm, you know, I'm assuming, right. You took that leap and said, Hey, I got to get out on my own. I got, I got to do this. I think you said your business coach gave you that, um, mm -hmm. that insight there. How can folks utilize their personal brand, whether it's for their business or maybe it's for something else? What have you learned during the process over the last couple of years of building your personal brand? What I've learned is you really control your personal brand. That is the one thing you can control. So whether 
you are, let's say, high school going into college or going to work corporate job or whatever, like you control what you want people to see about you, you know, and how you want the world to see you. And that's been huge for me. And so when I, I spoke at, at a Phoenix Startup Week conference and this whole authentic with a touch of badass that you've seen in my headline was actually given to me after a speech. Like I walked off stage and the girl's like, oh my gosh, this is you. And I was like, authenticity is something that I live and breathe by. So it's understanding what those core values are that you have and really bringing them to the forefront. So people are like, she's this, 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 this is exactly how I see her or him. You know, so when I say personal branding, you control your reputation. You can ruin it pretty quickly, but you can also build that up. And that's what people know you as. And that's what I'm really helping people with now, because a lot of us are, you know, where I was before, where I'm like, I'm just going to hide behind my entity and that's it. Or what I do is my title and who my, who I am. Like, that's my identity. And it's like, actually, it's not. Like, what if that changes? I'm living proof that your identity, <laughs> your business title can change. Yeah. And it, it's actually funny. The uh, Rich Keller, he's been on this podcast before. He's got a great, um, he's kind of a branding expert, I guess you can say. But, you know, what he says is, you know, what you do is not who you are. You know, who you mm -hmm. are is what you end up doing. And and a lot of folks have it backwards because they're, like I was mentioned earlier with with the golf, like you're defined by that job. And then if that job leaves or you get laid off or whatever, all of a sudden you don't have that identity anymore. So to your point there, I think you have to start focusing on how can I do things that I want to do? And ultimately that leads into some different directions and businesses or whatever it is, right? You talk about speaking and coaching right. and stuff like that, writing books, you know, the, the whole thing you're doing, every, you're podcasting, you're doing everything, <laughs> uh, which is good. So what's been the, uh, what's been the biggest, um, the biggest teacher uh, for you, the biggest life, I guess the, I could say the life experience that's been the biggest teacher for you. You mentioned a few different areas, but I, I don't know if you'll go there or somewhere different. Well, I love sharing this one. And this, this is from my past. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. I, I did the whole thing that I was supposed to, you know, go to college, get the job, get married, have the kids. Like I was, I was definitely going in that order, as I mentioned. Um, but entrepreneurship wasn't really in the forefront. It wasn't till years later, you know, and, but it, it happened very quickly, but I like to say, like someone asked me this on another podcast of what was another breakthrough for you? And for me, like my family is super important to me, my faith, my health, all of that super important. And I really try to incorporate that into my day. But back when I was in, um, in college, you know, I went to ASU for broadcast journalism. I was like, I'm set. This is what I want to be. This is what I want to do. Kind of like you with the golfing, right? Like you're like, this is my, this is my, you know, my plan in life. And what I've learned is that plans change. They can change. I mean, we're living proof right now of plans changing. And um, when I was in college, I remember I laughed because I was dead set on being Connie Chung, <laughs> like being the next Connie Chung. And back when I was at high school, I was also doing broadcast journalism for the school and reporting all the sports news and all this. And and uh, my friends were like, you're going to be Connie Chung. You're going to be Connie Chung. And I went through college going, that's it. I'm going to make it to that big TV spotlight. I'm going to do this. And I remember I was in my senior year and a, my professor brought in a guest speaker that was in the industry. And she just, she let us just in on all of the industry secrets. And she was like, you know what? 
this is cutthroat, it's competitive, it's about the ratings, it's, you know, it's not really about your talent, it's about your appearances, <laughs> like, if you want family, they're going to go to the wayside, if you want this, like, if you want to stay in Arizona, forget about it, like, and I, I just was, like, sinking in my chair going, okay, okay, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for, like, I had these grand plans of what this was, and you're totally squashing that for me, lady, and I remember walking out of that class just going, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it anymore. And well, it's interesting though, <laughs> but isn't it interesting though, this, this circle back where you're podcasting yes. now, right? You're, it's the you're getting on stage. Thing. Yeah, so. it is. It's, I share that a lot because I share this fun line in, in this article I was in, I was like the girl who wanted to report the news suddenly became the news because of the things she was doing. And that is a crazy story to me. Like it's come full circle. And that's what I really try to stress to people is Yes, you may want this, but it doesn't mean you can't go out and create it because we have Facebook lives and podcasting and all of these things. I'm still doing what I set out to do. I just did it in a different way, which is unique to me. And so that's what I share with people is just because you didn't go the traditional route doesn't mean that you can't still do what you were meant to or those God-given talents you were given. You could still use those, you know, but do it the way you want to. Well, with some of those decisions you made, how do you, how do you make those final decisions on doing a podcast or again, I'm going to invest more into speaking, right? We talked about the gut feeling earlier, but is there anything else that goes into those decision-making processes? Is that a conversation with your husband you sit down with? Like, how does that go to say, Hey, I'm going to invest a lot of time and energy in this new endeavor. So this is a little bit of a different conversation with my husband because he, you probably have met people like this, Brian, where they are like big picture, but can't see it. Like they can't see it. Just, you know, you can talk about your ideas. You can talk about vision and this is what I want. Don't you just see it? And he's like, I don't see it. <laughs> so I often have to talk about it with other people, like my mother or my sister or my good friends that are also entrepreneurs, because it's really hard to talk to someone who is not entrepreneurial minded mm -hmm. to try to get them to see what you see. So I'm more of like, I'm going to surprise him. <laughs> I am going to take on this investment because being an entrepreneur is so much about investing in yourself and knowing that that return is going to come back far greater than what you invested it in, you know, and I've proven that time and time again. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, do you believe in your idea enough to invest in it and to keep going with it and to put it into action and reap the rewards? And it's, that's what it is. So I am one of those just like, here it is. We're here. Like, I remember the very first paid speaking gig I got, I just was like, see the check? Yeah, that's what I was working on. <laughs> and he's like, now I see it. I'm like, yeah, now you see it. Are, are you generally reaching out at this point now, since you've had some of these, these speaking gigs, do you reach out a lot and kind of like, Hey, because a lot of people may or may not know what you're doing, or are you finding that you're getting a lot of phone calls and emails um, to speak? How, how does it, gen I'm, I'm more curious. I'm just wondering how it works. Sure. Uh, in terms of getting those gigs. So I've been getting more referrals from, from clients, you know, prior to COVID, I was getting people calling me and they're like, I heard you spoke here. I'd like to see about you speaking here. So it has been a referral base and keep in mind, like I've been doing a lot of speaking, but not professionally. And since like 2019 is when I really kicked it up. 
And, but here's the thing, you know, I do a lot like the podcast. I also host a live event here in Phoenix that is postponed due to COVID. But if anything, it was a great strategy long-term because what am I doing? I'm bringing people in. They're watching me interact. They're seeing me interact with guests. I'm on a stage with a mic all the time that they're like, she's awesome at this. I should hire her. So in a way it was just organic, you know, referrals coming in and clients coming in doing something that I already have such a passion doing. So I was getting booked right before COVID happened for event consulting and speaking at leadership summits and emceeing different events and all of this. And it was just because I was always out there. And that's the thing is your personal brand, when you were doing things that you love and you shine in that arena, people really take notice. So I, even during this time, have never had to pitch and say, I'd really like to come speak for you. They're coming to me and sending me messages going, we'd really like for you to be a part of this and speak for our group, which is huge. That's huge. But it was really about, I'm going to put myself out there in an authentic way and just be me. And like you said earlier, people are either going to love you or they're not. And you've got to get over that. You've got to just say, you know what? That's okay. I'm just going to keep being me, whether you like it or not. And the right people do, in fact, come into your circle. And that's where the opportunities start to happen. Now that you've gotten to a a certain level of success, we'll say, right? You're You're not starting at the bottom anymore. Are you still, are you still scared? Do you still have fear of certain things? Is there anxiety maybe before you speak? Is is there any of those type of emotions or have you gotten over most of those? I've gotten over it, but I will say that I think for every speaker, when someone is reading your bio and you're like a minute from going on a stage, either virtually or in person, you're just like, okay, okay, now I'm good. (laughs) Like there's always that anxiety, but then you're like, I'm over it. Okay. And And then when you are in your element, that was the one thing I wrote a blog about find your element. And you had asked me this earlier, but a friend of mine asked me, and this has really been something that I ask myself all the time. She asked me, Tisha, if you could be doing one or two things that you absolutely love without even getting paid for it, let's say, because you always ask that question, what are you doing? And just immediately my mind went to speaking and mentoring. And so how I make decisions based on that gut reaction is Am I getting to do the two things that I really love? And if yes, sign me up for that. Mm. Sign me up for that because that's going to fill me. It's going to fulfill me. I'm going to get to help people and I'm going to make an impact. Yeah, that's great. And it's fun that you get to do that, right? And I could see it. You could see the the passion um, as you answer that question even come out um, with, with talking about those things. So mm-hmm. can you share just a little bit? Because I know you're, um, if I remember, you're doing a, a challenge in October uh, for personal brand building. Can you share that a little bit? Cause I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you also just asked me, is there something that scares you? Well, challenges scare, <laughs> scare me because it's brand new to me. I've never done it. I've done several webinars, but this is a little different. This is more of like teaching and training, you know, over the course of like five or seven days. And I like it because it's chunked down. And again, if we're talking about personal branding, it really is a great way, Brian, to take a cold audience and start to move them through and nurture them because they're seeing you repetitively over the next five days and you're bringing something of value to them. So one thing that I learned as I was going through, um, you know, COVID and doing webinars and so forth is I started talking to a lot of brand, personal brand strategists. And I would ask them, so what is the service that you provide them? 
you know, and they're like, oh, I coach them on how to create a personal brand. And I'm like, that's awesome. But what, what else, like, what else do you do? And they were like, what do you, what do you mean? And I said, do you implement, do you help them like get all those things in order, all those tangible assets? And they're like, oh no, no, we don't, we don't do that. And I'm like, what, you know, as someone who works very much in the startup space, I find that people still need handholding. Like they still need to know who are the resources that I trust? How do I get this done? Because if you give someone like five tasks of, okay, go hire a photographer, go get a video done, go do these things. Are they still going to be in the same place that they were months ago? Because they haven't even taken one step forward. Mm -hmm. And so I really came up with this idea. I've started getting clients already doing personal branding. And I'm looking at clients who are in a very saturated industry who like, I'll take real estate, for instance, they're like, I'm a realtor. I'm like, no, remember we talked about this. You're not just a realtor. There's so much more to you. And if we can pull that out of you, you will have so much more content to share based on you personally than the house that you're selling in Scott three car garage and four bathrooms and whatever. Like let's get away from the feature that you're trying to share you know, and, and so that's, that's what I'm encouraging people to do through this challenge is let me teach you and let me bring in the team. So at least we can help you get going, whether you choose to work with us or not. I just want to give you the stepping stones of here's how you start your personal brand, because it gets a lot easier once you have those pieces in play of what you're supposed to be talking about and what you're supposed to be sharing. And, you know, people are going to start to come to you because they see you as this is a person that I can really like and trust. And, now, what do you do? And is that just, they just go to your website? Is it right in the main page? Is there uh, an area that they go to on the website to find that out? It is coming. So okay. I am working on it. But yes, I can share the link with you. It'll Brian, be there by is. the time everyone's listening to this. It'll already be up there. Yes. Okay, yes. perfect. Yes, it will. It will. So yes, they can find it there. Um, but I'm excited. Like I said, if, if something makes you nervous, scared, excited all the same time, you know that you're on the right path. And, um, you got to start though. I mean, this whole podcast is about just get started. So take the step, take that first, that first step forward, and then just keep building on it. And I think that's what we, we need to teach people too, is your first one's not going to be perfect. There's going to be hiccups, but you keep getting better over time. You keep, you know, refining it and reiterating and just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Well, let's end on this. Um, I always like to ask, you have to reflect back on your your younger self, right? If we were going back to the Arizona state graduate, you know, or, or maybe prior, what's one piece of advice that would be the most impactful you can give that person um, to maybe help them further along um, on their journey? Anything in particular you'd share? Um, yes. So um, I've alluded to it a little bit, but I always like to say that you're in control of your life and your destiny and your happiness and your attitude. Really, truly. Um, I actually had to give a graduation speech, a virtual graduation speech this year. And I said those exact same words. And I said, you really do. You control everything. And there's things that you can't control and you can't stress over those things, but the things you can control, you have that power. So you, you know, you keep going with it. How long do you think you've known that advice for? Like, when did that pop in your head? <laughs> like, was it a year ago? Was it five, 10 because when did you learn it? Because the whole point is, like, that's awesome advice for, again, for someone that's, you know, 18, 19, 20. I'm just more curious of, did you come across it when you were younger? Or is that something that you just recently, like the aha moment? 
I think it was my aha, my aha moment just in this last, um, last few years, honestly, of, you know, Tisha, come on, get back up. You've got this, you can do this. Like, don't let this idiot defeat you. You know, when I was talking about, I mean, that was just very recent 2017, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was like, I am down on the ground. Like, I don't even know how to get back up from this, but, oh, you know what? I can, I can get back up from this. And this is how I'm going to make my comeback. So there's this really great quote that I I put in my last chapter of my book, Brian, that says like, if you knew me a year ago, you didn't even know me at all. You know, it's, it's, we change so much. We evolve, we learn, we grow, we we adapt, we pivot. And I think that is all about, it's your life, live your life. You have control over your life and what you want to do with it. You can, you can cry victim all you want. We know a lot of people that are like, woe is me. This is what it is. And it's like, no, this isn't what it is. You make it what it is. Well, and what I found is because I actually went through this, I I talk a lot about, you know, in my twenties, late twenties, I got very complacent Mm -hmm. and I was to, to, to what you just mentioned, I was almost thinking to myself is it, it, it should be concerning to me if I haven't changed in a few years, if I'm the same person I was a couple of years ago, that should be very concerning. And that's what ultimately got me thinking like, wait, is this the brine that is going to be on this earth for many more years? And, I, and I, that's why I had to make the, the, this change, uh, which mm-hmm. I have over the last seven, eight years, just because that, that what you just mentioned was like, if you're not changing, evolving, trying to learn, trying to expand and get better, it's almost like, what are you doing, right? And again, everyone can do their own thing. You know, no, everyone has their own life, whatever they want to lead. But it's, it's one of those things, if you want to improve, get better, have fun, and be fulfilled, you have to keep going through that journey and trying, mm-hmm. testing, tasting, um, mm-hmm. because ultimately you may not know what is out there. You know, like podcasting, right? And it, I started podcasting three years ago, right? I never knew before that I would love pop, podcasting. So mm-hmm. it's just some things you got to try, right? Yeah, you don't know. That's why I said, at least try it. Now you can decide from there if eh, that really wasn't for me. I know a lot of people have tried podcasting and they're like, I like lives better or eh, I don't really know if it fits me. Okay. That's okay. At least you tried it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, good points. Anything else to add? This was fun. I enjoyed the uh, the conversation. Yeah. I hope we, we did a good deep dive into this conversation. Um, yeah. So as you know, like I love, love startups and every year I give a grant, a startup business grant where it's really more of a pay it forward. I believe I mentioned to you, Brian, that my birthday falls on tax day. It's mm-hmm. very fun. It's every year paying taxes um, to the government. <laughs> and I decided, you know, as a way, again, this is something that I really believe in and it supports my mission of building community and helping entrepreneurs get their start. And so this is something I give every year. So if anyone is listening to this, you know, next year or whatever, and you were like, hey, that girl that gives startup business grant on her birthday, then, you know, that's what I want to leave people with is that I'm always about paying it forward and helping the next person. Awesome. And, and they can connect with you best. Um, you're on LinkedIn a lot, right? I love LinkedIn. Yes, definitely okay. find me on LinkedIn. It's just my name, Tisha Marie Pelletier, and send me a, a connection request with a message. I'll just give people that hint. <laughs> That's always yeah. so helpful when you say hello, and I can connect with you that way. Awesome. Tisha, this was awesome. I, I certainly appreciate you being on and, and sharing your journey and uh, definitely insightful. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure.
I hope you all enjoyed that interview and thanks again for stopping by. And just one more quick thing before you run along on your day. You know, this podcast has grown very organically since I started it over two and a half years ago. So anything you can do to share this episode out to your network or maybe go to Apple Podcast and leave a rating and review, um, anything you can do at all, I'd certainly be appreciative of it. Um, if you'd like to connect with me online, my website, brianondraco.com, or head over to Instagram or LinkedIn and Twitter, at Brian Andreco, or type my name, Brian Andreco, and it'll come up. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.